Welcome to Skip This Podcast. My name's Luke. And my name's Brownie. We're just a couple of mates who decided to get together and talk about our own mental health. Along the way, we'll chat to some real people and hear their stories and advice on how they deal with mental health. So if this doesn't sound like it's for you, feel free to skip this. Or listen. Oh, I don't really care. G'day, Nathan. Hello, Luke. I I'd realised after we started this that at the start of every episode, I call you Nathan. Yes. Even though before we started this, I asked you, what did you want to be called? Brownie. And you said Brownie. Yeah. But... I think I'm just going to keep saying hi, Nathan. Okay. It just personalises it Okay, for mine. Yeah. Well, I'm in trouble. That's usually my name when I'm in trouble. <laughs> Welcome to Skip This Podcast. Uh, we're back again and we're still talking about what we started talking about, which was the whole, uh, whole thing about mental health and uh, keeping ourselves sane by talking about stuff. Um, when we started this, I didn't even realise, but did you know that it's Mental Health Awareness Month? No. I had no idea either. Oh. I saw a post the other day and it was, it's this, this is the month. And I'm like, what a strange thing that we decided to do this at this time. And then it just came out. Mental May. Mental May. Fuck, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Go buy some hay. I just may. May by the way. Um, So that's interesting. Like Mm. it's just a a way the world sort of glided and brought us to this point sure. in Mental Health Awareness yeah. Month. So there you go. Here we it's are. It's the month to take, yeah. take care of your mental health. Today's episode is proudly brought to you by May Mental Health Awareness Month. <laughs> Purchase a calendar with 12 months of May at all good leading retail outlets. That's great. But while you're at it, we do need some more people, some of our listeners to go and rate us on Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. Even if you do listen to us on Spotify or Acast or Google or any others that, that you want to listen to us on, it helps us really get up like the, the massive list. You're come for you, Rogan. <laughs> um, so if we could get people to go there, rate us, leave a review, that really helps us. Um, and we can sort of get our little podcast out there to the wider range of people that listen on that platform and get a nando sponsorship yeah and hopefully get a nando sponsorship or me undies or one of those ones that's on every other podcast yeah okay um so and then obviously instagram as well we're on there we'd love followers that's where you can keep up to date when we release episodes and stuff like that and um that's the best way to sort of get in touch with us as well we've got a we've got a gmail but instagram's probably the easiest have you ever checked the gmail I, did, I have. Have we ever got anything? It's all admin. Oh, just bills. And, yeah, okay. And, uh, delete. Yeah, delete. Yeah, so last week we kind of had a little bit of an insight into my story um, and the response has been amazing. Yeah, cool. Um, again, I think in the same sense that you said you didn't do all this to, to get like an apology or to get people saying, I feel sorry for you or I'm sorry I wasn't there for you and stuff like that. In the same sense, I got some of those responses and I just have to reiterate that that's not why we did this. Yep. I don't want you to feel bad for me or anything like that, um, but I do just want to – I did want to give you all an insight into um, my mental state in situations like that and what we've been through and, and potentially not spoken about it enough um, and now that I have spoken about it, um, it's out there, it's done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm learning that I'm not alone yep. in this situation. Definitely. And which was one of the reasons why I didn't talk about it in the first place because I was under the assumption that other people uh, don't go through this sort of thing. Yep. And, and I just needed to keep to myself and push through it. 
um, and it's not the case. Like, yeah. every, so which is actually now, like, you, now that you've done it, it's, it's the absolute worst thing you can do yeah. is keep it to yourself. Hundred percent. And then also um, to sort of bring something back up that we spoke about in the last episode that um, we said that females do this so easily. Mm-hmm. We also need to recognise that there are some females out there that that don't talk about it because that's the assumption for them as well. So, yep. and I think we we sort of spoke about this after the episode that we down the line will sort of track this away from being a men's mental health podcast and it just be a mental health podcast in general mm-hmm. because there are females out there that are struggling and they, they don't feel like telling their story and maybe hearing some more people that we bring on might give them the confidence to come on and, yep. and tell us their story and and get the way they're feeling off their chest and and sort of have this medium help them as well. That sounds like a plan. So I did want to talk last week when we recorded the episode, um, it was actually, it seemed just like another day, but um, there was more to it than the story that I told you. And um, while I won't tell the exact story, um, I do want to give you an insight into how hard this coronavirus thing has been in different ways. And one way was that when little Heath was in hospital last week, which is while we were recording last week, I came home to see you guys and to get some stuff off my chest and talk like we should. And um, one of the rules in the hospital at the time was that both Ash and I both couldn't be in the hospital at the same time. Mm. And it made it really hard when your kid's like having a, having a big surgery and a fair, fairly long recovery time, about a week. Yep. Um, and to have to sort of text each other saying, okay, I'm about to come in and then Ash would have to leave. And from a hotel across the road yeah, from the hospital. Well, that's the thing. We ended, up, we ended up booking a hotel across the road because that was the easiest way rather than driving all the way home from Manly. Yeah. I literally had nowhere to sit in the hospital. So yeah. um, they, they have, like all cafes and restaurants, they've removed all couches and seats and stuff like that. So it was either standing in the hallway, um, which even then you get some weird looks because there's not meant to be people hanging around. Sure. Um or waiting in the car park or coming home alone and, and just only having sort of the ability to text Ash because, like, you can't just be on a phone in there as well. So it's not like I could FaceTime her and, and help her out and all that sort of stuff and um, vice versa. When I stayed in there the first night, like, you just... It's, yeah, it's rough. Because he's a bit older, he's, he's, um, he doesn't get the same care that he got when he was in the newborn intensive care unit. Yep. So the nursing staff are kind of just like, um, while they're great with everything they do, they, they kind of leave it up to the parents a bit more in this room yep. to do their own cares and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And, um, and so with everything happening, you kind of, you're kind of stuck and you've got people texting you and calling you, asking you all these things. And you yeah. just- you got Brownie blowing up your phone <laughs> asking the, how many people have listened to the podcast today, <laughs> exactly. all, taking care of the big jobs. Big jobs. So- that it's been was, a rough week, but you guys have handled it. It was a tough week. Very, very indistrite as you always yeah, do. Yeah, uh, especially on Ash. Like, I'd, the week was was hard, hard for me to watch, but um, physically, with Ash being in there and having to feed Heath and stuff like that in the middle of the night and sleeping on something that was like a, it's like a pool chair, mm-hmm. um, and beeping noises and kids crying everywhere and stuff like that in the room and. For her to go through that, like she just came home and she was so exhausted. Yep. And now that we're home, we feel like 
we're finally starting life with a yep. kid. Like up until this point, we were home for a few weeks, but it was there was a lot of things that um, that made it feel like it wasn't like a normal bringing your your baby home sure. situation. So um, that was pretty hard um, leading up to them, and now it's sort of that the sort of relief that we get home and we can kind of gets back to a bit of normality. Yeah, and hopefully we time it so that when uh, now that this has happened, that they relax some of the rules and we can have more family members over and we can go visit people and have dinners with people that yep. we want because it's just been a weird experience up until this point. Yep. Like we've been in isolation um, since the day he was born mm. and three or four weeks of that we were in and out of a hospital. So it just the world was just like this weird bubble that we were in. Yep. Um, and so now, yeah, we're just looking looking forward to getting past Looking forward that. to wetting the head at the wharf bar <laughs> when any of that time ever when, comes. If, if they open the wharf bar, mm-hmm. we, who knows what's going to happen. Um, Maybe they could sponsor the next episode. Yeah, hopefully. Um, so, yeah, that was me last week. Mm. Um, and this week we're back recording again. Here we are again. And I should ask you, do you have your segment? This week? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. I See, I was going to ask you before we went on, but I thought ah, this would be funnier to ask him on air. Yeah. Um, Remember I said also, I'll let you do it if you do it every week. Fuck. You fucked it up, haven't you? Yeah, you know what? Uh, Brown, Brownie's mailbag will come back when it gets sponsored. How about that? Uh, what about what about I do just – I'll change it to Goldie's mailbag oh, this yeah. week. Um, Goldie's mailbox. Yeah. I did – obviously, I got some personal messages and yep. I got a lot from family mainly. Yeah. My um, my sort of friendship and public profile and stuff like that isn't quite as public as, as yours. Like I keep everything pretty private mm. um, and I kind of don't like let myself go out there too much. Yep. Um, but I've got – You keep your pants on, I take my pants <laughs> off. That's it. I'd, so I've got like just a couple obviously – Dad being in radio, this one meant a lot to me. Not John Laws. No, it wasn't John oh. Laws. Alan um, Gaines. It was actually my brother, Mike. Oh, this is Mike Goldman. Yeah. Basically, he just said, dude, great show. Just listen to you, your coming out episode. So he obviously didn't listen to it properly. Yeah. Uh, he loved the Ned Flanders reference and he said, Dad would be so proud of you. Mm. You're a natural, so raw and real. There's nothing else like it on the internet. I mean that. And you and your mate are just so natural at talking. Yeah. And I guess that was that was sort of one that just got me. Like those yeah. words, like Dad would be so proud. Yeah, like hundred percent. If that if that's all I get out of this, then great. Yeah, um, that's so rad. Yeah, and then also my brother Jay texted me and he said, "You are the best." Like just little things like yeah. that. Like yeah, um, makes it all worth it. Huh? Yeah, it was. It wasn't so much of a. Um, I feel bad that you went through that. Yeah, or I'm sorry you had to go through that. It was yeah. just like, dude, it's great. Yeah, keep it up. Like, the Goldman legend lives on. Yeah. I do want to sort of enter the realm of Brownie's headspace again. Uh-huh. Um, we spoke about it a little bit. <laughs> but we did we did get a lot of people who would like to know a little bit more about what you were actually going through. Okay. Um, we kind of got an idea of what happened mm-hmm. and your reactions and stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah. because I don't really know what anxiety feels like yeah yeah um i and i don't know what depression feels yeah, like yeah sure um are, can you give us like an idea what does it, what does anxiety feel like like to me it just 
like it's a stretch on the word anxious. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, to me, it's kind of still kind of really difficult to kind of explain. Like I'm, I'm still very much learning about it myself, but I can kind of categorize it a couple of different ways. Like for like a trigger point potentially is like, because I'm a super emotional, loyal person, I see sometimes other people getting hurt, um, bad things happening to other people, and I can kind of really take on their pain, and that kind of upsets me mm. and and bothers me, especially if that person or person is being treated unfairly. Um, another example of that is when I had my Hawaii meltdown in August 2018. Uh, that's a story for another day, but mum and dad were there at the time, and then I heard... Uh, dad got back to Australia and had like dangerously high blood pressure basically caused by my actions. So, mm. so his pain, I caused that pain and then his pain was causing me more pain. And then when I had my kind of last episode, which was over the Easter long weekend, so we're, we're on the Nitro Circus Tour Australia. We had seven shows planned. We did three. Mm. So I, I kind of have two roles. So I, I do the marketing, ticketing, and PR, which is kind of like an, a tour. Tour is basically like a pregnancy. It's nine months from on sale to the start of the tour. And then all that nine months is the hard, not so fun work. And then this tour, the, the seven weeks of the tour is the fruit, fruits that's of the baby. Your labor. That's, that's the, the baby. baby. That's, that's absolutely the baby. That's where all the fun starts. Yeah, and shit everywhere. And shit everywhere, literally. Mostly my shit. Yeah. And then so when the tour starts, I still do all that other stuff, but then I turn into this kind of digital content producer. So I'm basically I'm the dad of this group of eleven internationals, and we so all the Australians go home between the shows, and then I'm kind of the only Australian left on the road with mm. this group of ten Americans, and we go and do all the all the fun stuff and the filming stuff. Yeah. And so we got to the third show of the tour, and that's when the that's when the COVID kind of hit, and we we got one last show out, and it was time to go home. We managed to kind of drag that that out an extra week and get yeah. get those internationals another week of pay, but then after after that it was kind of like March twenty eighth. They had to go home. It was like if they didn't go home, they would be stuck. If they didn't go home, then they'd still be here now. And that kind of like that really got to me because like we're a touring group of about sixty five seventy people, and there's probably six of us that are full-time employees so mm. we, we we get we 52 pay paychecks a year all the benefits everything everyone else is a contractor mm. all of my best friends but on this tour basically are contractors all the athletes the media team all the people behind the scenes so i knew i was like when the days kept coming i was like this is this is really bad for our industry these guys how are they going to pay their mortgages mm. next month how are they going to how they're going to feed their children, and that that kind of really that kind of really got to me, and I kind of like didn't deal with that very well because I kind of I think there was probably like a bit of guilt that I felt like I was still getting paid to do at this point I was getting paid to do nothing because there was nothing to do, mm. and I kind of had this element of like I felt so bad for these guys, and that kind of put me into a, and it was very irrational thinking really, but it kind of that's what the anxiety and depression does to me it kind of does cloud your cloud your kind of vision and mm. so but i would call that kind of more heart related like and then there's kind of the the other side sometimes these are very much intertwined but the other side is is more head and very 
very irrational. It's like, poor me, you're like, you're, you're playing the victim card. Like, one thing will piss you off and mm. you'll turn into something way bigger. I think probably a lot of paranoia as well. Like, what's this guy saying about me? Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to go pick a fight with this person, blah, blah, blah. Or I'm just going to avoid everyone. Like, I know I'm a ticking time bomb, so just batting down the hatches mm. and try and avoid try and avoid that conflict. But I read somewhere, like, this is a quote that I was trying, when I'm in that state, I can try, like, you, you can't control what people say or think about you, so don't let what people say or think about you control you. Mm. And I, I kind of always try and do that. And then it's funny, this week, only like three days ago, we finally got the tap on the shoulder at Nitro, so we need to take some pay cuts. Mm. So it's kind of not surprising and Nitro have done so amazing to keep us all employed when they're going all every sports entertainment company is a lot of them have shut their doors period mm. for the time being anyway and so I got that call on Tuesday and I can guarantee you there's a list of 50 people they had to call all the department heads had to call 50 people I would have been number one of the person most likely just to like they wouldn't want to call. Mm. I'd be the most irrational about it, blow up, be an absolute fuckwit about it. <laughs> and it just I just took it so in my stride. It was like, yeah, sweet, I get it. No dramas. It didn't affect me at all. I've it got was, a podcast now. I don't yeah. need this. <laughs> yeah, can someone pay us for this? <laughs> so I thought, but for real, I, I think this kind of podcast has been so soothing for me in that sense that – if, if I'd have got that news any other time in the last two years that I got on Tuesday, I would have been I would have been an absolute time bomb. It would have just been like uh, added to your bottle of already full stuff yep. just going in your head and then yep. that, that bang that as well. Yeah, and you know, and then you're going to empty that bottle with of, and turn it into beer, yep. basically. And so that's and that was always kind of that was almost a metaphor that you just made up. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you're welcome. Straight, straight back. Um, so yeah, and then you know, like if I would, if I would get news like something like that or something like work, a lot of times that would kind of turn me to drink and like partying and just I I always said like the last twelve months before kind of before August I was always drinking to forget like mm-hmm. I wasn't drinking to have a good time I was drinking to kind of supp- I was self medicating to suppress all those feelings like. I'm, no, I'm not a violent drunk. I'm not an emotional drunk. Like I like to think like I'm a bit of a pest, but like I'm generally a good time on the pierce. Like do I drink too long for sure? That's kind of in my DNA, unfortunately, that I can, I can party pretty hard. But what my rationale behind it was like if I'm going in this little tough spot right now, I can go on a six to twenty-four hour bender, like a six-hour drink, or turn into a twenty-four hour bender. Mm. So I've guaranteed I'm not thinking about the bad shit for six to twenty-four hours. Then I'm going to sleep. So all of a sudden, I've got 30, 36 hours ish to um, not think about this. And I get to the end of that thirty-six hours. There's a twenty percent chance that all those feelings are gone away. There's an 80 percent chance it's gone nowhere. So it's going to drag on extra days, but it's like the classic risk versus reward. That risk was worth the reward for me of like that 20% chance of just for like it's washed it off my back. You really are a stats guy, aren't you? I'm a stats <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I mean, that's the whole thing, right? It's like it's such an irrational line of thought and I yeah. think that 
that if I that's one of the best ways to kind of sum up my headspace when it is in a bad spot. It's like you poor me, blah blah blah. They did this, they should have did that, and it's like you're just being a complete fuckwit, really. Mm. At the end of the day, like you're not you're not doing yourself any favors, and and you and you're pushing people away that care about you yeah. by the lies and stuff you're telling as well. It's like it's just not not how you should do mm. it. And I I, I do feel I do feel like um, this whole COVID thing has changed a lot of attitudes when sure. it comes to the poor me thing. Yep. Because it's the first time in my life uh, and probably everyone else's life that it doesn't matter who you are and what industry, and like unless you work for those essential services. Yeah, so you're a builder or a spa. Yeah, like it's everyone's affected. Yep. And even those people who are unaffected um, – and who still have a lot of work, like your essential services, like look at nurses, like they're just stretched and doctors yep. are stretched yep. now. So yep. it's not it like hard in a they're doing it harder. Yep. Like, and it's so much, it's so difficult. And like sure. being being in the hospital and watching them yep. have to go to work each day and walk in and get basically, every time you walk in, you get your temperature taken, you get the full questionnaire of where, you've, where have you been? Are you, are, you, are you hanging out with anyone who's been overseas, been in contact with anyone with coronavirus? And then all day they're just sort of – it would be in the back of their mind that like anyone who walks in here could have it. Yep. And I'm so susceptible to it. Whereas uh, like people like me who has been, I've been able to work from home, yep. like I haven't had that, um, that issue of being in contact yeah, with people. Yeah, we're still very, know. very lucky for um, sure. So I feel like maybe that's another thing that's being timed out quite well for you to deal with this sure i agree and everyone else being in the situation would be more likely for you to go oh that's all right because yeah. if it was everyone else at your company was still working mm-hmm. then you might be going why me yeah i guess like i guess timing is a good thing but it, it i think it does also boil down to the fact that you've you've gone through this process and have talked about it and stuff like that oh 100 uh, that's like i can't stress enough like you don't you don't have to come on a um public forum like a podcast to get this the kind of satisfaction and feelings that no. we, we have gotten like it's one conversation with your parents or a sibling or a friend and it it's like i tell you it's like i'm still riding this what are we now like almost three, three weeks, weeks two weeks i don't even know so well, the thing it, is we decided just to put microphones in front of our face while uh-huh. we did this yeah like we could have still had the same result absolutely if we just moved all these audio equipment out of the way and just sat across the table talking yep. to each other about this stuff, which I think is incredible. Like, yeah. it's so good. Well, that's it. Like, we just got off the phone to Hoyo and he he listened to it. I'll on. call you back soon, Hoyo. <laughs> he, he's not going to call you back, Bill. <laughs> and his exact comment was he was listening to it this morning and Hoyo's one of our great mates and he was like, I just felt like I was there with you in the conversation. He wanted to chime in, but he couldn't. He was listening on his radio. <laughs> Stupid idiot. <laughs> so, yeah, just... I open up the lines of communication for sure. I just can't stress it enough because, yeah, if if I was probably where I was any other time in the last two years and got that tap on the shoulder I got on Tuesday, I would have just been out of control. That's great. So in the past when you went through this yep. uh, and you got into sort of depression spirals and you, like drinking and stuff was your yep. initial way out of it. Yeah. But like did anything sort of actually get you out of it? rather than turning to the drink or partying or anything like that like was there any was there any sort of um moment throughout the process where you actually got to the other side and you saw like okay that's i'm gonna deal with that later it's not that not that bad 
Yeah, listen, I don't, I don't really know to be honest. It's like, I think, I think it's just time. Yeah, it's like a lot of times, like a lot of times, there's kind of a third element where it just kind of sneaks up on you out of nowhere, and then you can kind of realize it was something that happened a week ago that maybe brought on, but by the time it hits you, it's kind of too late. So it's at that stage you're on you're on the bucking bull along for the ride, and it might be a day, it might be two days, it might be five days, and. And there was times, there was definitely a couple of times where I, I did not think I was going to get out of it for sure. There was probably, I think, like three times. Three times I was thought like this, I can't do this anymore. It's just like, it, this is killing me. I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, do life. And, like, I'm pretty strong opinion on a lot of stuff, but I like to also think I'm pretty open-minded, like, there's some things that my opinion you can't change on, like gun laws in America are stupid. Um, Trump's a fuckwit. I hate the Melbourne Storm. I hate the Lakers. <laughs> I what, love the Lakers. What else? That's where uh, we're different. Anyway, so long story long, I had a very um, strong and, in hindsight, uneducated opinion on on suicide. I always just thought, like I'd never been touched directly by it, but I was... A, I know a lot of people one step away from me to kind of see the aftermath of what a suicide does. Mm-hmm. And um, especially in our action sports industry, there's been a lot of it. And the kind of long-term effects that has on people's family and friends, I just, I never, like, I never could understand why someone would be in that spot. And so, like, I was, I was at that point, like, I never tried to commit suicide, never, never, Never figured out how I was going to do it, but I knew where. And I hadn't written the letter, but I had I had it all in my head, what I could do, what I would say, how I could justify, like I'm doing everyone a favor because I'm, I'm a peace type thing. That was kind of where my, where my head was at in these three separate occasions. I just was like, I, I don't want to be here anymore and I'm doing everyone a favor by not being here. And so I thought I could, I thought I could justify it to my friends. I thought I could get away with that, and you know, obviously, it was going to be hard for them. And but life will go on for for all of them. And then it kind of got to the next part, particularly like my family and 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 my ex, and then the kind of super close group in America, my little small group of friends. And it was like there was just there was I don't know what it was, but it was like that was kind of the the pocket of people that I couldn't, I couldn't do it to. Mm. It was, I, I don't, I, and I'm, and I don't want to disrespect all of my friends. And, and more importantly, I don't want to disrespect um, the families of su- surviving families of suicide, but I kind of understand that now. And, you know, that's kind of what the long story long is. I've really changed my opinion on that. And, kind of I was able to just ride through those couple three three separate really bad times and I think I'm kind of proof now like I haven't had haven't felt that like that for a long long time so I'm proof that it does get better so well I'm sweating yeah <laughs> well, it's not easy to talk about like no. that's like that's a it's a huge thing in it and it it really does take hitting a super low to to get to the point where you start like thinking about suicide letters and yep. and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. um, and I'm just I'm so glad that you got through it because, like, I just I, I don't know 
I don't know what kind of world this would have been without you. Yeah, like, quieter. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not for the better. Like, I, I don't. Yeah, thank you. I, I, you are such a integral part of our group. And I've always said it. I think I think I said it in my speech when I thanked you at my wedding um, that without you, just like stuff around here, regardless of what's going on, like it, stuff just wouldn't happen. You're, just, <laughs> you're such a good organizer. Organizer, six Ps. Um, but not even that. It's not, it doesn't even take much. It's just all you need to do is you, you have this um, connection with everyone in so many different ways that no matter what's going on, like everyone's just happy to catch up with you. Yeah, sure. And, and I, you know, I avoided all that as well in yeah. those dark times. And, you know, especially that last eight months in America, I was like, I made no effort to kind of keep in touch with anyone really because it was like, that was like kind of when all my lies were started about how how bad I was, but how good I was telling it, people I was going. Mm. It was it was kind of that, that mountain of lies just kind of built up. And then it got to a point where I, I didn't want to lie anymore. So like, I'd miss every scheduled call, that like family, friends, whatever. So I remember, it, yeah. I remember this because I remember uh, when you were leaving to go back, and you you kind of told us that you were all right. Yeah. I mean, you told us you were good. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, no, I and went, yeah, and we'll Skype every week and go from there. And I remember after you left, like Ash and I sit, sat there and go, "Have you heard from Brownie?" I'm mm. like, "No, nah, I haven't heard from yeah. Brownie." Yeah, that's and a common I, thing. Again, I did the whole. Oh, I'm sure he's fine. I'm sure he's yeah. just busy with work and stuff like that. But um, getting to this point now, yep. I can see. I, I now see it back then. Like I could, yeah, I could, oh, hundred percent. I could tell the situation you were in. Yep. I could tell that you just didn't want to talk to anyone. Yep. Um, you you got. I'm assuming you got sick of telling this lie. Oh yeah, I'm like I, like I was I was dishing out lies on the daily. It was mm. like. That's kind of definitely one of one of the big regrets, and I think again that kind of like that that depression, whilst it's a very kind of selfish state of mind, there's also kind of a little bit of a um, unselfishness in the sense um, in the sense that you're trying to keep everyone else not knowing how bad it's going, yeah. so and, and which kind of magnifies like how much of a piece of shit you feel like because mm. I'm t- I'm telling my parents I'm fucking great and I'd call them instead of FaceTiming because I think body language is really like, pe- oh, like they'd be able to see it oh away. they'd see it in my face like especially I'd be like hung over as fuck because I would have gone <laughs> a huge night and it's like and I can just I can just really turn it on for that call yeah. like and it wasn't just doing that to my parents I was doing that to everyone yeah and I, even a lot of times in the office I'd yeah. be like pretending I'm fucking killing it and then I go and just shut my office door and just kind of watch the clock but I'm kind of now like definitely in the best spot I've been in a long long time which again I've said it every episode worries me that there's a fucking low low coming but still haven't still haven't got it and the news on Tuesday should have should have rocked my world and it hasn't I'm like yeah sweet no dramas um they're almost shocked. I think they were like, they didn't know what to say. <laughs> they were like, like, yeah, they're he, like he, he, he's he, definitely on the way yeah, on a plane to murder yeah, us or something. Yeah, or he's got another job. Yeah. <laughs> I do not <laughs> have another job. Podcasting. Yeah. Um, did, you, did you medicate at all, like when you were over there on your own? Yeah, so I did. I, 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 I wasn't really a fan. Like I, I, I kind of went against my will to get a bunch of tests and see a therapist. And I think, you know, kind of looking back at that, I wasn't kind of ready to face it, and I did. I took some medication that made me more anxious, so I just kind of um, 
just decide I wasn't going to take it anymore. And then by the end of it, I, the last therapy session I went to, I didn't actually go. Yeah. It was one of my lies. I went and got me hair. Uh, I went and got laser hair removal on my back in the <laughs> office next door. Sorry, mum. And thanks, dad, for the hairy back. But that was kind of like, that was the magnitude you, of my lies. No, you literally got stuff off your chest. You, no, no, my back. Oh, yeah, no, you didn't do your chest. No, I literally, no, I lit. Nah, nah, I like the hairy chest. So I can shave that myself oh, as well. Okay. I can't get to the back airs. They got um, a monkey off your back. But that's like, that's a perfect snapshot of one of the lies that I felt bad about. It was like, I'm now lying to my parents about seeing a therapist. Hmm. And it wasn't till I kind of got back here in Australia and I got, I got mum had a new family doctor who's brilliant and he, he got me on some meds. And then I'm with um, the therapist, uh, Gunter, now. That was well. going to be my next question. Yeah. Is you spoke last week that yeah. you were going to have a session on Tuesday. Yeah. Which was, funnily enough, the same day you got the news about yeah. going back to three days a week. Yeah. How did that yeah. go? Yeah. It was actually, um, it was I got the news the day after, so I got the news on uh, oh, Tuesday America time. Yeah, yeah. Talking. Yeah, so, right. um, yeah, he he was like, "All right, okay, you got a podcast. Let me listen to it." And he <laughs> and, and he and he kind of freaked me out initially because he goes, "Like you've got to be really careful with what you're saying because that stuff can be used in the court of law." I'm like, "Fuck, what's the shit about me? What have I done?" But basically, he was like, you've got to be careful with, like, character assassination or, or, or lies yeah. and anything like that. I was like, oh, no, just none of that. I think, I think we've, we've both been, well, I haven't, like, really, but, like, we've both been pretty good with not mentioning yeah. people. Oh, and 100%. Like, I take full responsibility yeah. for my, my headspace. Like, I'm, not, I'm not here and to blame I think, anyone. I think that realisation yeah. has, has made it a lot yeah. easier I'm, like, in this sense, yeah. 12 months ago, I was no, I, I, it was not my fault. None of this is my fault. <laughs> you would have been on here just slinging oh, names. Oh, fucking hell. Fuck I would have this been guy. Flinging out. I would have a fucking four-person legal department because they'd be throwing hand grades at everyone. <laughs> but he – so he, he said, oh, let me listen to it um, before you kind of do any more just because he's a, he's a um, published author and a podcaster as well. And so I'm like, fuck, I'm kind of freaking out about this now. And then he calls me the very next morning and says – Listen to your podcast; it's great. And now he wants us on his podcast. So we're, we're fucking. We've been invited to oh, another podcast. Right. Shout out, Gunter. Yeah, Gunter. Swoboda. Swoboda. Psychologist. I, I can't wait. I'm happy to go on it. Yeah. So we're now now. Is it like our podcast? Um, I listen to one. It's a bit different. I'm not allowed to swear. <laughs> on the other one, we can't swear. Fucked. Oh god, what are we going to do? We have to bring a little buzzer. Oh. I bleeped you. Swearing in the last episode. Oh, mum said thank you for that. Yeah, I think that was necessary because I think we can... Fs and Ss are all right. Yeah, yeah, no Cs. I think Cs is a bit far. All right. Uh, There are a lot of females that listen to us. Yes. Which actually we've had had an incline. I did have to give you an update. Yeah, he doesn't keep giving me the numbers. I don't. I I think it will... I don't want to give you another reason to be anxious yeah, about sure. something. <laughs> we just got over the fact that uh, we just got getting through the fact that you had depression and anxiety and all this, and and now your attention's so focused on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. And this is all good though. This is like yeah, this is good. There's definitely good anxious. So, but no, it's it, kind of, which kind of t- that's more nerves. It, yeah, I guess it's nerves. Um, potato, potato, yeah, potato, potato. But it's good. Like we've we've hit um, one million. Got, <laughs> I wish we're it was in million. Mozambique. 
We're, we've got a lot we're more. We're in all the African we territories. Are. I got an email from Apple saying yep. that we're now in another 30 countries or something like yes. that. And I don't think I knew any of you start up any of them. Out there. <laughs> Do His we have to translate it into their language or something? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, um, in, in long story long, yeah. I'll use your line, uh-huh. um, is that we're now seeing much more males listening to the yeah, show. Cool. Um, we're at about a 60% male now, um, which means that. People are kind of letting down their guard and sure. going, yeah, I'll listen to it. Like, Give it, them a chance. It is like, it is a mental health podcast, but we try to make it as light yeah. as we can. I'm sure there's people avoiding listening to it as well. Yeah. Um, so seeing that was was a bit of a good one. And, yeah, cool. and actually in the last week got a lot of messages from a lot of guy mates yeah. who, um, who were kind of on that list that I said that might be a bit um, reluctant to listen yep. to it. And now knowing that they've listened to it and getting their feedback and stuff like that, like it was – it, that's so cool just to see that yep. um, oh, our numbers just, are increasing every feeling. episode. It's the best feeling touching someone else. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> that <sounds> so wrong. <laughs> um, moving right along. Yeah, yeah that, on that note. Um, to go further to um, some of the feedback that I got, mm-hmm. I did get some pretty funny feedback. Uh-huh. Um, you probably shouldn't play this game, but there is a um, skip this podcast drinking game that uh-huh. people are trying to start. Yeah. Um, I say people, it was really just one person that texted me. Yeah. Um, but they said, um, whenever we say the word touched on, uh-huh. drink, uh-huh. because apparently we've done that a fair few times. Uh-huh. Um, whenever we reference a friend that no one knows, uh-huh. drink, which that happens a lot. Uh-huh. And I've also been told that maybe we need to explain some of these people when we do say a, like a, a joke about someone that we know. Okay. Whenever we say long story long, which is why I just used it again, uh-huh. drink. It's a nitro saying. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Well, then there's going to be a lot of drunk nitro uh-huh. fans. What about that's what she said? I haven't uh, even said one of them. You yet. haven't said that yet. but That's what she said. That, that seems like an easy one because you'll just do it. Mm-hmm. You'll just do it. That's what she said. So I reckon that's a good little wrap up for this week. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have anything else that you wanted to... Oh, man, I'm happy with that. I'm, yeah. I, want, I want to get out of the hot seat. I'm pretty sure um, I see you at the end of these episodes and it is exhausting yeah. to, to not only talk for 40 minutes, but it is exhausting to talk about something that is is so close to your heart. Yeah. And hearing you talk about suicide, like, yeah, that's just, that's that rocks my world and that makes, that makes it hard for me to even talk. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I mean, it definitely like, definitely doesn't get any easier to talk about, but it's the kind of feeling after talking about it. It's like you do have – I definitely do have a big emotional energy dump straight after, and then it's like, damn, it feels so fucking good that that is out there now and keep telling that story and might encourage one one person to open up just a well, little bit I more. I think you've already encouraged yeah. multiple people. Mm. So, um, yeah. Still uh, single. <laughs> <laughs> You say oh yeah, I can see. Um, this this is going to be on my fucking dating resume this year. Fucking, you thought about suicide twelve months ago? <laughs> what a catch! <laughs> All right. <laughs> on that note. On that note. Well, that I think note. we should probably wrap it up there. But yeah, um, yeah again, if you guys can head to uh, Apple Podcasts and uh, give us a rating or a review. Um, that'd be really good for helping our cause and helping our podcast get up that list and getting the new and noteworthy uh, list. 
Uh, we're also at Skip This Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And if you do want to send us a, a longer form email or anything like that, we're at Skip This Podcast. Do you have all this shit written down? No, it's in my head now. I made it pretty easy. So what I did was everything's just skip this podcast. And the only one that was taken was skip this podcast at Gmail, which I don't know. I'm a bit suspicious about that whole thing. Yeah. Um, I know I've got one of my mates, Dingo. Oh, now I have to explain who Dingo is. He's like, (laughs) And why his nickname's Dingo as well. So he's my longest serving friend. So he's like, we lived across the road from each other. So we've known each other for like 34 of our 38 years of age. And we're in this little group chat and he starts sending me all these vulgar pictures of me on benders and stuff. And he's like, I'm going to extort you if this thing ever gets famous. <laughs> if this thing ever gets famous, he's going to sell these photos to fucking... What, a magazine's even a thing. He's anyone? such a good friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's an accountant too. Oh, he's a chartered accountant. Hey. Partner. Partner. Oh, God. Yeah. He might be a sponsor next Yeah, week. he should be. He's got the cash. Anyway, that was a shit story. So, <laughs> but that explained it. So drink. Drink. Well, you'll work, you'll work out if, if I cut it out in the edit because it just won't exist and okay. it'll just come back with me going, welcome back to the show. <laughs> um, cool. Well, it's been great to talk to you again, Nathan. Yeah, it's been cool. Um, I think next episode yeah. we're going to get the big Steve Brown on. Oh, yeah, the S-bomb. The S-bomb's my dad, Steve Brown. Are you nervous about that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a short, I, yeah. That was a short answer. Yeah. I, yeah. I think he'll be nervous, but he's definitely excited because, like I said, um, you can't. Well, you definitely can't hide anything there. Like it's someone else talking about you. Yeah. Like you've been able to tell us what you want to tell. Yeah. But I didn't want to fucking talk about suicide. (laughs) (laughs) But exactly. I guess you you did it though. Yeah. It was your decision to talk about. Yeah. No one forced you to do it. Absolutely. Um, But with your dad here, he's just going to talk about what he wants to talk about, and if that means talking about some of the shit things he did growing up and oh, yeah. uh, some of the situations he's we're going to have to give him a word limit i reckon no nah, we'll just keep recording okay um but yes he, steve's also had a pretty incredible life as well yep um being a, a firefighter he's seen i'm sure shit. he's seen some shit yep. and i'm sure it was nothing compared to watching his son go through what he went yep. through so yep. I'm looking forward to hearing yeah, about that absolutely. and seeing your guys' dynamic. Uh, you might even steal the show from me. And, uh, um, we would, no, we will 100% need you to keep the show on track. <laughs> I'll, be the, I'll be the background. I'll just yeah. be the audio sound yeah. guy. Um, but, yeah, thanks again, Nathan. Yeah, thanks, um, Luke. That was, that was great talking to you again. We'll be back next week. hope so. Uh, and in the meantime, feel free to hit us up. And if you want to come on here, as we've said give before. Give us some fucking reviews. Give us some reviews. Give us some feedback. Uh, and we'll chat to you soon (laughs) alright see you later guys Uh, see ya Bye. bye